Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Kenny Wayne Shepherd with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Yeah, although not singing that song. Just playing guitar. He didn't need to sing anything. Nope. That's a great song. Yeah, it is. Uh man, what a what a show today. Really? Gilbert Godfrey just died. That is bizarre. No, no, we... no. Gilbert Godfrey died. Right. Yes. Yes, according to one local reporter. We have the audio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about that. Him, Bob Saget, and Norm MacDonald all dying within the same year. And Louis Anderson. And Louis Anderson. But the three of them were, like, good friends. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... Well, maybe they're all just joining each other, having a good old time up there in heaven. Assuming they all got there. People are grieving. Speaking of grieving, we'll be, uh... Talking with the people from Rick's place later on this morning. Make it sound like the lighter side of grieving. Well, hey, they're having a 5K over there. So no, we'll, we'll talk to them about that. That and more. It's 537. With back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and Pat Benatar. We're back, Steve and Dave on hey. Rock 102. Hey, we're going to have highs about uh, 71, 72 today, warm and breezy. Tomorrow, maybe near 80, but rain. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well, through the pump, and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Affleck! Affleck! Who is that? Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, I thought it was a duck. Uh, unfortunately, Gilbert died yesterday after a battle with a disease called type 2 myotonic dystrophy, which is a form of muscular dystrophy. He was 67 years old. Now, despite his uh, decades of amazing work, Gilbert is probably best known for the voice in of Lago the Parrot in the animated version of Disney's Aladdin from 1992 and the voice of a duck in the Aflac insurance commercial. It's a Yago, by the way. It's an I, not an L. Never saw it. Oh, this is like my favorite movie. Well, my son's favorite movie when he was growing up. So I watched it over and over and over and over again. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe I- you should be doing the story. <laughs> Because I don't know nothing about no Aladdin. All uh, right, you, you two bitches just settle down. Uh, the most course. amazing thing I ever saw you, Gilbert Godfrey do, and years ago, I opened up for him. And I remember he, he goes on stage, and for like the first 10 minutes, he eats it. He's not getting the, I mean, the crowd is hating him. Yeah. Hating him. Then he decides to do this bit where he's doing a. a, a <laughs> A conversation between Jerry Seinfeld and David Brenner. And it's the same voice. Yeah. Spoken in gibberish. And it's like... And the crowd completely turns yeah. around and gets on his side. And by the end of it, people are giving him like a standing ovation. I've never seen anybody turn a crowd like that ever. He was... Absolute uh, genius. He was... Uh, you saw the show that I opened for him down in uh, at Windsor Locks, yes. didn't you? Yeah. So backstage, he was suffering for years with this disease, and he did. He was not doing well backstage. Like, he mm. had a hard time, but the amazing part is once he got out on stage, he delivered totally like, 100%, like 100%, like you yep. wouldn't even know that there was anything wrong with him, which, is, which was pretty impressive. He wasn't in great shape when I met him. The first time around, right. but it was like one of the funny. He was on the the, the radio show I was on early in the morning. I, I think we've 
I conferred with a friend of mine. We never laughed so hard in our lives. I think I, it's like one of those things where I finished the show and I had a splitting headache from laughing so hard. Well, we interviewed him one time on a radio show years ago, too, a couple different times. And th- the thing I was struck by was that he laughed as well. He, he enjoyed, you know, oh, yeah. some comedians, they won't laugh at somebody else's jokes or he whatever. Loved, he right. did. He laughed. He had a good time. Yeah, he was a very funny guy. And, of course, uh, he lost that Aflac gig in 2011 after making jokes about the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. I remember that controversy. I do, too. And then they had to find a new Aflac duck. And I tried out for it, and I didn't get it. And some douchebag got it. <laughs> I tried out as well. <laughs> uh, he also crushed it on the Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget, Joan Rivers, David Hasselhoff, Donald Trump, and Roseanne. Gilbert's other movies included Problem Child, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which, oh, my man, God, man. Uh, Oscar-winning performance by Dice Clay sure. in that one. Actually, the most important thing he did was the roast of Hugh Hefner, which you recall was like right after 9-11, and that was the night he did The Aristocats. Aristocrats. Oh, right. That right. was that night. And for anyone who was there, they all say the same thing. It was maybe one of the most important things that had happened. Like It was like just after 9-11 and he totally uh, he, he totally fixated the crowd yeah he had with the f- filthiest joke ever written well that's the way you do it that's it M- laughter is the best medicine sure uh, he also did work on uh, cartoons uh, for voices for the fairly odd parents Spongebob and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles he's survived by his wife Dara and their kids 14 year old Kara and 12 year old Max uh and, of course, all the celebrities coming out the tribute oh, yeah. on Twitter. By the way, his podcast, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, mm-hmm. is excellent. Hmm. It was so good. Him and uh, Frank yeah. uh, uh, Santo Padre, were, they, it was actually really interesting. And it wasn't just him screaming and yelling. It was mostly him just being well, freaking hilarious. And who's uh, Frank Santo Padre? He was his um, co-host on this on this podcast. I don't, I don't really know much about the guy, but mm-hmm. they were both great together. Cool. Well, it's not as good as it used to be. Not now, no. The uh, Kardashians will premiere Thursday on Hulu, but the LA Times and Daily Mail report that the series' first episode touches on one very personal moment in Kim Kardashian's life. Her then five-year-old son, Saint, seeing an advertisement on Roblox for unseen footage of her and then-boyfriend Ray J's fame infamous sex tape. Huh. She must have something to say. Well, she was uh, she was scared. She's She was a sopping, sopping wet mess. Really? Yeah. And she said, oh, my God, the last time I was this sopping wet was when Ray J shoved his soul pole into my whiskered raisin in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. And, uh, Caitlin? I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I did uh, once one-up the bum, no harm done. <laughs> there you go. One-up the rectum doesn't affect them. <laughs> yes. And, Five, uh, 5.57, never too early for uh, a little of that. Nothing, not at all. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I gave her a high-protein colonic irrigation. Uh, and uh, Kanye? The first video on MTV was Video Kills the Radio Star, and yet radio lives and MTV is dead. What's up with that? He brings up a very good point. Yeah, can't argue with it. We can listen to we can listen to the... <laughs> was it the Buggles? The Buggles. We can listen to the Buggles riding around in one of my Raptors at my ranch out in Wyoming. Just let them run with it, Dave. Just let him run. I'm not yeah. stopping him. Yeah, just don't get in the way. In the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial yesterday, Amber's attorneys accused Johnny of sexually assaulting her. And Johnny's team said she's just making that up now to help her defense. This is going to be one of those dramatic uh, story unfolding courtroom dramas. 
going to be on the case. An ugly, ugly case. Imagine that. Your entire life is on trial. All the personal details of what you do and you're behind your closed doors are all going out into, on court TV. I would think I would put a jury to sleep with what I do in my life. Uh, Mark Wahlberg not only kept his prop penis from Boogie Nights, but he also locked it away. He said if his kids were ever to find it, it would not be a good look. Hmm. wonder what he had to say about that. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know. Hey, Dad, what's this? Is this an old telephone? <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. You strive to stay ahead of your health. Bank ESB. Unlock your potential. Other banks may charge an additional fee when non-customers use their ATMs. Member FDIC. The following takes place between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. It is 6.02 on Rock 102. Warm and breezy today with highs in the low 70s. Tomorrow we might hit 80, but there'll be some rain. The weather is brought to you by J. Smeagol Roofing. Visit jsmeagolroofing.com for more information. Here's your 102-second sports. Basketball. Nets over the Cavs last night, 115-108. to One of those play-in games. Kyrie Irving had 34 points and 12 assists for the Nets. They will now take on the Celtics in Boston in a playoff game this Sunday. Hockey action last night, the Blues over the Bruins 4-2. The Blues affiliate, our Springfield Thunderbirds, returning home for three games and four nights at the Mass Mutual Center beginning tonight against the Syracuse Crunch. In baseball, the Red Sox over the Tigers 5-3. Sox are in Detroit for a 1 p.m. start today. Also last night in big league ball, the Mets over the Phillies, two zip, just one night after making three errors and running afoul of lip readers when he was spotted on camera saying, I effing hate this place. Philadelphia third baseman Alec Baum got a standing ovation last night during a pinch hitting appearance. And in football, the NFL's Washington commanders and owner Dan Snyder may have broken a few laws apparently failing to refund security deposits, concealing revenue, and keeping two sets of financial books. All of that from the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee in a letter they sent to the Federal Trade Commission. Quite frankly, said one representative, as you go through the allegations, it reads more like a description of some organization out of the Godfather and not an NFL team. I'm going to make them an offer again with you. And that's it for the... 102-second sports. Coming up next, a bizarre incident at the Target Center. Bax covers that in his view from the couch. Coming up on Rock 102. And now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, when I was a child, I recall my parents sitting me down with a stern look of disapproval and saying, Baxy... There is a time and a place for your shenanigans, and this is neither the time nor the place. I, of course, took those words with great seriousness as I forged a lifetime path of respect and consideration for my fellow man. However, there are times out there where I simply cannot help but see, where people simply can't help but seize inappropriate opportunities and use them to push their wildly fanatical agendas at the worst possible times imaginable. Hence, I give to you. The shameful goings-on during last night's NBA Western Conference play-in game between the LA Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, as you know, this is a game that ultimately determines the final seed positions heading into the NBA playoffs. This is not a time 
for the place for shenanigans, tomfoolery, hijinks, chicanery, or selfish acts of buffoonery. This is a time to play basketball. But of course, that didn't stop an unidentified female protester from walking onto the court last night at the Target Center in Minneapolis and gluing her hand to the floor during the second period. Why did she do this? Because she is an animal rights activist who is protesting the treatment of chickens at the poultry farm owned by Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor. Needless to say, the woman was removed from the court well before the glue began to set. Now, I'm sure the woman had her reasons for gluing herself onto the court. And I'm sure she also had her reasons for wearing a t-shirt that read, Glenn Taylor roasts chickens alive. But I would remind you that this is an especially important basketball game with specific playoff implications here. Plus, there's not a single person at the Target Center sat there last night and said, hey, you know what? I think this lady with the glue might have a point. Now, is Glenn Taylor's poultry farm operating in an unethical fashion? Sure. But is gluing yourself to a hardwood floor with glue potentially made from dead animal byproducts a productive way of sharing your belief system about animal cruelty? Not if it's interrupting basketball, it's not, because that's just irresponsible. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Rocky's Ace Rewards card is a toolbox full of ways to earn points, get rewards, and save money. A Rocky's Ace Reward card is free, making a Rocky's Ace Rewards card what you might call a no-brainer. Shop, earn, save with an Ace Rewards card from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's uh, 9-12, back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Back when Bon Scott had a smoking issue. Uh, warm and breezy with highs in the low 70s today. Highs near 80 tomorrow with rain. He was uh, taking too many deep bong hits. <laughs> I think he was. You know you know what his death certificate read, reads, by the way, Bon what? Scott's? It reads, died of excessive frivolity. Is that uh, legal to put down on a death certificate? Probably not, but yeah. I think the the guy, the coroner, may have been an ACDC fan. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, you know, he was he was known to have a good time yes. all the time. Yes, and so that uh, ultimately mm-hmm. what killed him. And what better way to go out than to have the time of your life? Exactly right. Which I remember, uh, you know, when my dad died and they put down uh, cancer on the death certificate, and my mom was happy that it wasn't alcoholism. Mm. <laughs> yes, because that would have. That would have damaged his yeah, reputation. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, when you're an enabler your entire life, you kind of yeah. have this tendency to say, oh, I don't want that to happen. On I like uh, I like the word, and it's sometimes used, depending on what the death certificate is, um, uh, misadventure. Yes. Like the, the misadventures of like, of like, you know, Paul Johnson. It's like, you know, it, it sounds like a... Like a like a nineteen seventies uh, TV show, like the misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, that kind of thing. It, yeah, it absolutely does. Like his death was absolutely <laughs> like bananas, and had you know sound effects and uh, whoop. <laughs> the, what do the, they call that long whistle? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Slide whistle. Like yeah, that. Slide whistle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm reading this story here about in Michigan. Yeah, there's these headless deer that are being found on the side of the road all over the place. But the Department of Natural Resources says, don't worry about it. They say headless deer carcasses being spotted on the side of Michigan roads are likely uh, there due to ongoing testing being done by the department. 
Several reports have been made recently by concerned residents regarding decapitated deer being spotted along roadways in various Michigan cities, including Vicksburg and Three Rivers. Ooh, the same Three Rivers? I don't think so. Sergeant uh, Carter Woodick. Woodick. Really? Sure, right. Yeah. Uh, A DNR conservation officer said that he is not currently aware of any deer that have tested positive for the disease in either of those counties. The DNR says the Wildlife Division of the department has been conducting testing for chronic wasting disease on deer in Michigan in order to track the disease. CWD can cause a deer's brain to degenerate and lead to uh, emaciation, abnormal behavior, loss of body functions. uh, uh, Those are some of the good things. Emphysema. uh, (laughs) Low birth weight. <laughs> Low birth weight. What but were those, not this. What were those initials? What's that acronym again? What was that? What is, CWD. So it's sort of like the CTE that NFL guys suffer from. Maybe. Yeah, well, no. their brains are not real big brains anyway. Right. They're, they're about the, the deer or the, or the NFL players. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had a dog yeah. uh, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, German Shepherd. Great dog, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm sitting on the front stoop one day. Why I couldn't tell you, but I'm sitting on the front stoop, and the and we lived kind of in the woods. So you you mm-hmm. can let the dog out. You just let him out roaming around the woods, and he come back. You know whenever he damn well feel like it. Yeah. I would never do that with my dog now, but back then, you know the dog loved it. Different right. era. I'm sitting on the front stoop, and the dog uh, comes out of the woods, uh, and in his mouth is a deer head. Wow. The entire head nice. of a deer, and uh, I, it, you know, there was nobody else home. It was just, it was just me, mm-hmm. and I felt like, uh, is now what do I do with this? Because mm-hmm. you know he's just going to want to play with the deer head in the front right. yard all day long. Like, look what I just found. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't, he didn't rip the deer's head off of its little well, deer body. I was going to say what condition was this in was it was it already uh like uh, flies hanging around the head? It and... was not in great condition. Yeah. Okay. Like it uh it, it probably had been out there for a little while. Like a chipmunk had been gnawing on an eyeball perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh but so but it was I felt like it was my responsibility to get rid of it. But what do you do with it? Yeah. Because if you just burn it no, what a sick bastard you are. No, no, no. I mean, because if you just toss it back in the woods, right. it's just going to come back. Sure. Well, you put it on a big wooden stake and make an example for the other deer. That's right. I mean, this is what happens if you come in this yard. This go. dog will I'm, rip your head off. I'm working with two sick bastards yeah. over here. That's no, not the hey. problem. Uh, you mount it on the wall. Clean it up a little bit and mount it on the wall. One of those uh, wooden platforms. Whoa, oh, whoa, 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 hey, whoa, whoa. You mount animals on the wall. I'm a teenage boy for yeah, crying out loud. I love it laying down better. Anyway, so I figure the only real way to do this. Yeah. <clears throat> is to put it in the trash. So I don't like touching dead stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I got a real... Especially one piece of a dead yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, like not even like the whole deer. Right? Like I, if 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 I were hunting and I'm the one that killed the deer, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't be able to touch the dead thing. I, I don't, I, it bugs me out. I don't like dead stuff. So I grabbed the shovel, right? These things are very heavy. Uh, when you have like a like a deer and there's probably some stuff still inside the skull, yeah. and, I, and I threw it in the trash. I mean, I know it's not a great resolution, but you know what the hell else you supposed to do with something like that? I don't know. A couple of good deer head stories. First of all, from uh, Jordan Peele's great movie Get Out. Did you see Get Out? No. 
Oh, you got? Did you see Get Out? Yeah, I did. And at I the did. end, I won't give it away for people. I won't spoil. It, but yes, the deer head with the antlers mm-hmm. comes in real, yeah. real handy. It does at the end of that movie. Uh, and then the other thing, and you may remember this story, Steve, because you and I both lived in Central New York years ago. In Central New York, there was an accident on the roadway, eighty-one North, yeah, and South is uh, yeah. you know major roadway traveling through Syracuse, and apparently somebody hit a deer on one side of the road. And there's a big, huge grass median in the middle between the north right. and south lanes. Somebody hit a deer and apparently vivisected the deer. Yeah. And the head flew over to the other side of the road. A car traveling in the other direction was struck. The driver was killed by the deer head. No kidding. Imagine that. Wow. Yeah, imagine driving down the road right? and well, minding your own business. Yeah. Here I am thinking my deer head story is pretty cool. But uh, you're talking about a deer right head killing yes. somebody. Two nine three one zero two one. What's your <laughs> yeah. best deer head story? <laughs> you're looking, uh, you're looking, like uh, you're looking, you're driving along. You're, you're, you're like, wow, it's pretty right. clear outside. Right. Not a very deer free day. <laughs> yes, and then all of a sudden, wham! You get a deer head right through your windshield. I and, mean, you, you've heard of raining cats and dogs. Yes. You never, you ever heard of raining deer head? And you're done. And you're, it's over for you. You know, I wished for a head, but I wasn't exactly <laughs> thinking for this. Mm. What's going on? Ooh, a nice big buck! Oh my god, that's so uh, that's so disgusting. Mm. I got I don't like I don't like the dead stuff though, man. I, no, you know, dead mice, dead you know, dead snakes, dead rats. I don't like it. Well, I I can deal with like you know I have the exterminator guy come to my house every quarter, yeah. And then every once in a while I'll find like a dead mouse down in the basement, which is fine because that's where they should be, mm-hmm. and uh, they're being they're dying. I can get rid of the dead mouse. It's the live one that really ugh. gotcha. Oh, the one that's still flipping you around in the glue one, trap. Yeah, you see yeah. one uh, crawling uh, around. I had one one time. I put it in a trap. Its legs got caught, but oh, it yeah. didn't, and it was like struggling to, you know, it's it was like watching a like a Vietnam movie. You know, oh my god, just make it stop. <laughs> my legs. My legs. I'm not going to have my legs. God. Yeah. Felt like Forrest Gump bringing the thing outside. Yeah. That's, uh, we might be getting deer head stories on the phones. Just saying. <laughs> well, we'll have to take a break because we can't take live calls. People can't behave yourselves. It's 621 with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. This is John Mayberry, president of... Rock 102 with back Stephen, Dave, and Nirvana. Apparently there's a new super group with Nirvana, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam, guys. It's called Third Secret. I guess we got an album coming out. Hey, we're talking about uh, horrifying deer stories right now. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? This is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I have a deer story. Do you really have a deer story, or are you just making this up? Uh, oh, I do. All right. You can, you, call the, you can call the town, and they'll probably remember this deer story from about 21 years ago. All right, let her rip. Okay, I was driving to work. I used to go to work very early, about 4.30 in the morning. I came over a hill and ran something over, thinking it was a bag of trash. Then said, no, I think that was a dead deer in the road. So I called the town, told them there was a dead deer in the road, um, went on my way, got on Route 2, headed a couple towns over, got out of my van. I had the front legs and the head of the deer sticking out from the back of my (laughs) rear tire. Jesus, really? Took it all the way down Route 2, couple towns, couple cars passed me, no one beat, no one said anything. <laughs> kind, of, kind of the uh, opposite of a hood ornament. All right, but you know, you know, oh. I, I, in, in all honesty, though, as gross of a story as that is, and it's probably the grossest story we're going to hear today, um, 
On Route 2, so you like, like, like the Mohawk Trail, you're going to find dead animal carcasses on top of vehicles all the time. <laughs> that's, yeah. You, yeah, that's true, yeah. Oh gosh! Oh my God, that's gross. So did did you uh, did you remove the uh, the deer parts from your car? Um, I had somebody come and they drove my van around a little bit till it fell off, and then we called the town we were <laughs> oh, in, and they come and picked, picked it up for me and took care of it. Yeah, nice. I'm I'm right with you. I'd I'd have to call a qualified <laughs> professional. I couldn't do that myself. <laughs> Oh, no, it was pretty gross. It smelled for quite a while. Oh, God. All right. Well, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, we could use more of those, yeah, I guess. No, maybe. no, I think we're, I think we're okay. <laughs> we're full for the day. Hey, uh, Today I Learned is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Today you can learn how Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. And now it's time for Today I Learned. Thanks, Steve and David Rock. What do They got some on your chin. Yeah, I know. I will. Hey, for later. Yeah, right. Well, today I learned juice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, today I learned the Beaver Magazine had to change its name because its unintended sexual connotation has caused the History Journal to become snagged in internet filters and turned off potential readers. This happened all the way back in 2010. Hmm. It was a magazine uh, from Canada. It's sec- Canada's second oldest magazine, The Beaver. You know, there was a college named Beaver College at one point in Pennsylvania, too. Really? They had to change the name they of did, that, too? They did. I think it's like Arcadia University now or something like that. Yeah. So for years, uh, started in 1920, the Beaver was founded as a publication of the Hudson Bay Company, then a fur trader, and now a department store chain. It has long uh, since become a broader magazine about Canadian history, but had to change its name back in 2010 to Canada's History mm. with the April issue because... Uh, Anytime you searched the beaver, right, uh, mm-hmm. the internet search filter would say, "Hey, that's slang for something else. That's dirty." That is that. That was a great TV show from the fifties. Yeah, well, it's Wally's little brother. Yes, you're yeah. being a little hard on the beaver today, uh, Ward. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's Would you right. want to change it to like uh, Wrinkle Biscuit Magazine <laughs> or Open Faced Roast Beef Sandwich yeah. Magazine? Yes, you're right. absolutely. That's exactly what you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Poontang Clan. I don't oh. know what you're talking about. Poontang Forever. Okay, and uh, or. Uh, Finger Burt Humpledink. Oh my gosh, look at the time. And that is today I learned with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102 and Finger Burt Humpledink Humpledink coming up. (laughs) The news is next, including developments after that Chicopee scandal. Stay tuned. Is your... 634. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news, and here's Dave Coombs. In Chicopee, Mayor John View will name the city's next police chief. That'll come up Friday. That's following a six-month search, disrupted, of course, by the scandal that resulted in the arrest of school superintendent Lynn Clark. It will end nearly two years of interim chiefs of police the two finalists by the way captain patrick major great name and jeffrey gowron patrick major yes captain major yes and major yeah yeah captain major now it'd be chief major if he gets the job would he then would he be chief captain major no he'd just be chief major okay i think, remember, you, uh, I think you lose the rank once you go up there. is that right remember mm-hmm. catch 22 yes uh major major mm-hmm. he was a major and his last name was major that's insane. I know. In the movie, he was played by Bob Newhart. He was Major Major. And if you wanted to speak to Major Major, you couldn't. He was not there to be talked to. What was uh, Spaceballs? A-hole. Major A-hole. <laughs> no, that's Captain A-hole. <laughs> well, I was going to do another story, but 
since you brought that up, hold on a moment. Oh, stop the presses I, here. I, I have an a-hole story for you. I, All right. I triggered something. You did. A new study revealing the personality traits of people who are most likely a-holes. Survey said. Researchers from the University of Georgia saying that the most likely people to be the biggest a-holes in somebody's life are, first of all, middle-aged men. Okay. And on top of that, people who responded to the survey saying that the traits most often associated with a-holes are being manipulative. Yes. Survey said. Being aggressive. Yes. Survey said. And being entitled. Survey said. Don't know anybody like that. Right. I have no idea who would. Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine who fits all three of those well, categories. Dismissiveness not on this list, no, by the no, way, Bax. No, I see guess that. not. Don't yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. All right, since you triggered that, I'll move on. Back to local stories. <laughs> well, in a way, that was a, <laughs> was a local story. story. <laughs> all right, I get your drift. A father and son have been charged in connection with a shooting that left a man suffering a serious gunshot wound to the face. Luis Santiago, who's 50, and Kevin, his son, who's 26, both of Holyoke, arrested April 8th. And a third suspect, Omar Aristi, who's 39 of Holyoke, arrested shortly after the shooting and charged as well. It's nice to take your uh, son to work day. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is nice when uh, a father and son can do stuff together. But when it comes to shooting people in the face, you got to draw a line. You know, I'm boring the crap out of my kids with this magnet fishing thing. Maybe we should take up uh, firearms and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, a family that shoots together oftentimes <laughs> serves time together. Yeah. Good luck. That's the way to do it. There you go. And everything will be paid for by the state. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Perfect. See, this is my master plan. Good plan. Crappy pro-life tip. I'd oh. stick with that one. There you go. Just get away with it. That's all. Do it. Maybe do it like at times when the cops aren't around or in places where they're not around. I don't know. No, that's that leaves the fun out of it. Yeah. Uh, another Holyoke man arrested for selling fentanyl and heroin in southern Vermont. John Peña Baez is 18, pleaded not guilty to drug distribution charges in Burlington, Vermont, after law enforcement conducted controlled purchases. So they're kind of being tricky there, those law enforcement guys and girls. Are they being tricky or are they just, you know, letting them come to them kind of situation? Um, Let's put it this way. In uh, towns like Burlington uh, in Vermont, there's, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of demand. For that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and one of those controlled purchases by the cops occurred in my former hometown of Bennington, Vermont, when they tried to purchase the drugs from Peña Baez. He complied, and then they arrested him. His name was Baez. I'm buying this uh, fentanyl. Yeah. It's like his name is a total economy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I like uh, folks from uh, Western Massachusetts expanding their businesses by sure. uh, branching out into other areas of New England, like well, Burlington, Vermont. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the only way to really make it in business is to franchise. That's true. Expansion is a, is a good way of uh, bringing in extra cash flow. Like if you owned a hot dog cart, you wouldn't put the hot dog cart out in the middle of uh, like a country state highway. No. You want to put that in a, in a very busy city intersection sure. where you have people coming by. Yeah, but put it in a college town in southern Vermont, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody's over there eating hot dogs and 
grabbing yeah. fentanyl. We already got uh, way too much fentanyl in Holyoke. Uh, the market's oversaturated. We're going to have to expand. <laughs> We're going into Burlington. Too many other dealers in, yeah. in here. So, you know, yeah. Okay. Nice. Competition's a bitch. Sure. Get you. Hey, the shooting and smoke bombing that occurred on a subway in Brooklyn yesterday. Yes. Causing safety concerns for this coming Monday's Boston Marathon. Officials saying, though, that every single Boston police officer will be working on Marathon Monday, both uniformed and plain-clothed cops. Also, special ops, hazmat, and drone detection teams will be out, as well as the National Guard. So folks who are planning to either run in the Boston Marathon or be spectators, no worries. No worries about the people dressed in clad military gear. <laughs> Pay no attention, Pay no attention. to the paramilitary yeah. organizations out there pro- uh, patrolling the streets. Sure. Hey, a Connecticut man poised to make millions of dollars after he found something in a dumpster. What did he find? The, I love these kind of stories. Apparently he found hundreds of artworks by an abstract artist known as, quote, New York's rapper. Now, not the... Rap star rapper, but the W-R-A-P-P-E-R. Okay. So apparently, this auto mechanic, Jared Whipple, was alerted to the trove of paintings and other artwork by the famous artist Francis Hines. Whipple later found out that the artwork was created by him after he got it out of the dumpster. Hines was a Washington, D.C.-born artist who lived in Connecticut and New York before his death and apparently got the reputation as being New York's rapper. Apparently, he rapped more than 10 buildings in the Big Apple, including the Washington Square Arch, JFK Airport, and the Port Authority bus terminal. I never thought of uh, looking at a dumpster for fine art. You right? know, even, even stuff just to hang on the wall. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh... I mean, you know, normally you go to... Like, a, I don't know, say like a Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. you know, something, or like a, like a home goods. Well, wasn't uh, it was uh, Richie Valens' uh, cousin in uh, La Bamba who uh, was a garbage man, but uh, he would uh, empty the trash at the Warner Brothers Studios. And, mm. or, or was it Warner Brothers? Who did Woody Woodpecker? Uh, Hanna-Barbera, maybe? Yeah, but know. what studio was that? Was uh, that Universal, maybe? Yeah. I think it was Universal. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was emptying trash outside of these uh, movie sets, and he found all the cartoons of the Woody Woodpecker, and he himself became a cartoonist because of that. Uh-huh. Fascinating. Right. But it was always living in the shadows of his much-talented... Uh, it was his brother or his cousin? I think it was his... I don't know. Which cousin. one was, which one was Lou Diamond Phillips? I don't know. That was Richie Valens. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I like how we're trying to analyze La Bamba, the movie that came out 35 years ago. Not we. That's you, Steve. That's on you, not on us. Well, I mean, I saw La Bamba, too, but I I hardly remember all the details. Probably should go back and review. Where they play that, whatever that song is, Sleepy something or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's running up the hill. Richie! Again, I'm going to have to review. Well, the listen. Uh, I'm just uh, pulling out the classics today. <laughs> That's okay. all I'm doing. If you if uh-huh. you say so, the hundreds of pieces of art this guy found: paintings, sculptures, small drawings, wrappings, collectively worth millions of dollars. They can be sold for about twenty-two grand a piece, and the drawings for about forty-five hundred. But there's so many of them that this guy found that it's millions of dollars. Damn. Not so, bad. One man's trash is another man's come up. You don't even have to play the lottery these days. Just go dumpster diving. It was 99 cents. It smelled like R. Kelly sheets. Piss. 
It's 643 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Coming up next, you can love Wendy's, but just don't love Wendy's. We'll explain in the Mass Hat straight ahead on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 650 and Led Zeppelin on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, not too bad of a day. Cloudy, could see some rain showers, high as 72 tomorrow. Thunderstorms and a high of 74. It's 41 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, yeah. This Friday, Steve Nagel, that's you. Who? Uh, you. Who's that? You. You're yeah. going to be at the White Lion Brewery on uh, on Friday, 5 to 7. Uh, you and the road crew have all kinds of prizes and your chance to register to win a pair of tickets to Santana at Mohegan Sun uh, Arena or tickets to the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, it's this Friday, 5 to 7, at White Lion, 1500 Main Street in Springfield with Steve Nagel and the road crew from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, you could go out and join uh, Steve and then try the new, isn't there a new Marcus Camby beer at White Lion? I believe there is. Yeah. 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 Food's not bad there either, I might say. What about the Cam Newton beer? Somebody brings it to you. <laughs> a lady. Yeah. yeah. Only a lady. Yeah. And makes your food for you along with the yeah, beer. Yeah, a little yeah. sandwich and a pretzel go and, along and, with that. And, and she knows what's good for and her. And picks right. up all the dishes when you're done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. Well, this guy can't match the former Patriots quarterback Cam Newton in ass hattery or mass hattery, I guess. But 57-year-old David Stover, who lives near Daytona Beach, loves Wendy's, but he doesn't like paying full price. So, Can't blame him for that. Yeah. His plan, though, getting a law enforcement discount by posing as a DEA agent. Not a good idea to begin with. No, but I guess, uh, you know, if you want uh, free stuff, DEA agent is the way to go. Yeah, they probably get free stuff all the time. Sure. Well, that was his plan. Cops responding to a, a report Monday this week of an angry Wendy's customer in Daytona Beach arguing with staff. Turns out it was David Stover. He was demanding the full discount and wouldn't back down. They claim he flashed a badge, which turned out to be a cheap concealed carry badge <laughs> that anyone can buy online. There you go. I'm a DEA agent. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. You can pretend, hey, look, if you, you can pretend you're anybody if you just play the part right. Well, you've said that before yeah. on the show, and you're it's right. True. And yeah, he probably I, I got would, away with it a lot before he was busted. Yeah. I would uh, be happy to impersonate somebody or lie through my teeth to get myself a free Frosty or some Biggie Fries. Yeah. And by the, the way- Or even the Baconator. I, you'd be surprised what I'd do for a Baconator. Do you like the- By the way, when it comes to the Frosties, do you like the vanilla or the chocolate? Because I actually like the vanilla as a little change up from the chocolate. Sometimes. No, no, no. That's, that's please. It's the chocolate or nothing. It's the, the the. I love the uh, the Wendy's Frosty. Mm -hmm. I love that. I once pretended I was you, and uh, I got accosted by people who couldn't let things go that they were made fun of in the news fifteen years ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you mean? Well, I, uh, didn't you say? Well, I, that wasn't a public story, but. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you get accosted. Uh, you can make fun of story stories like we do here. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then uh, people will get upset, even fifteen years later. Oh yeah, they'll be very, very upset that you made fun of them. Some folks will hold on forever. I don't know anybody who holds a grudge like that. 
you got to really hate me to hold a grudge against <laughs> me for right. that long. Are we talking about somebody in particular? No, no, no. no, no. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> or, but Or maybe more than one person. Well, maybe more than Many one. Many people. Many. There's a lot of people that hate backs. Yeah, I got a no, long, there's not. I got a long hey. trail of hatred yeah. behind me. I don't know. Not as far as he's concerned. Um, look, there's a lot of people that hate me right now for being part of this show. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah. No. I see it. Unfa- you know, and like, it is what it is. Hate nope. is such a strong word, Dave. Loathe, I think, is more. Yeah, hate. okay, I'll go yeah. with that. Nobody hates Steve. Yeah, everybody hates Steve. <laughs> no. Everybody hates Steve. No, yeah, no. It just takes one or two yeah. uh, you know, personal appearances with Steve to real Like at uh, White Lion on Friday, for example. Yeah, there might be some hatred out there. Yeah, there might be a little bit of, uh, a little bit of backlash. You ever think about that for yourself? Like, yeah, okay, many people enjoy uh, having us around. But there's people out there that that are just have this hatred against yeah. us. There's, oh, yeah. Like, like you ever think about that? Like, you know, there's somebody out there going, "Man, I hate that Steve Nagel. I think he's the biggest a hole I've oh, ever I met in my life." Oh, listen, I've I've heard quite a lot about that in the last few oh, months. I hate me too. But although I tell you though, this is honest to goodness <laughs> truth. Honest to goodness truth. Yeah. I have tried very very hard to conceal some of my most annoying traits and habits on this show. Really? Oh yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot about me. No one here is gonna know. Hmm. Oh, I I know. Well, maybe yeah. you, you've been, you've been exposed to me for years. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the hatred too comes from people who just hate people who they perceive as being stars. Like for instance, just because we're on the radio, people think we're stars, which of course we aren't. We're just we're average just, idiots. Yeah, I, I never understood that either. You know? The uh, the whole. Oh my God! It's the guy from the radio, and it's like, eh, right? I'm not on NBC. Yeah, no, I'm, no, uh, I'm on a regional yeah, we're, uh, we're morning not, show. We're not stars. Yeah. Barry Krieger I, is a star. Yeah, that's yeah, a there, star, right, a star there. Sure. right there. Tony Kornheiser said years ago he started off as a just a Washington Post writer, and then he did a radio show, and then he hit big yeah. with Pardon the Interruption on ESPN. He said his fame just skyrocketed once he was on TV, even though he was a huge star before yeah. that. Yeah, well. see that? That's a, in other words, uh, I would uh, put our fame into some sort of relative perspective. Mm-hmm. One day when I get on Channel 40, things are going to take off for me. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought Happened that- for Dan Williams. <laughs> <laughs> now and look, his wife. Now look at him. <laughs> yeah. Was Dan on TV before he was yeah. a radio guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a long-standing radio yeah. guy. Oh, yeah? Then suddenly he wasn't. <laughs> then he was on TV, yeah. and then he wasn't, and then now he's working for us. Nice. For the last uh, well, dozen years or not, so. Not this week, he's not. Well, he's on vacation. I know. Yeah. I'm just that's, that's why that's... we're talking about him, because he's not here to listen to it. And you know, when it goes back to people hating us, I, I, I think there was a study one time. You can hit the survey if you want. Survey said. <laughs> I'll take it. What a hey, I'm a nerd. I'm an idiot. But there was a survey one time that said that um, most people hate you anyway. Regardless of who you are, most of the people that you run into do not like you, period. Yeah. Whether it's well, at a cocktail party or a ball game or whatever. <laughs> we don't have time to get into this discussion right now, but mm-hmm. it would be a good discussion for another time. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is social media. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody sees all these pictures of everybody being happy sure. and all this other stuff. So people manipulate their photos so much yeah. because they want to have more attention than the other person and people get jealous of those people who have all that attention sure and yeah like steve and i will post on uh, 
social media or like happy-go-lucky guys. But yeah, we're prone to outrageous bouts of depression and aggression. I'm much more popular than you are. (laughs) Coming up next in the 102 Second Sports, a first for the daughter of a big-time NBA star. Coming up next on Rock 102. This week, it's a Thunderbird Thursday with... And 8 a.m. It is 7.01 on Rock 102. Warm and breezy today with highs in the low 70s. Tomorrow, we might hit 80, but there'll be a little rain. The weather is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well, through the pump, and into the house. Here's your 102-second sports on Rock 102. Basketball, the Celtics will be hosting a playoff game this Sunday against... Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. Irving had 34 last night as the Nets beat the Cavs 115-108 in one of them playoff games. Actually, more likely a play-in game as they're now in the playoffs against the Celts. Hockey, Blues over the Bruins 4-2. Meantime, Thunderbirds returning home for three games and four nights at the Mass Mutual Center starting tonight against the Syracuse Crunch. In baseball, Red Sox over the Tigers, 5-3. to three. They're in Detroit for a 1 o'clock game this afternoon. Football, the NFL's Washington uh, Commanders in trouble with the Federal Trade Commission for failing to refund security deposits, concealing revenue, and keeping two sets of financial books. Meantime, in the other soccer, inter- or the other football, I should say, international soccer, the U.S. women's national team beat Uzbekistan last night 9 to nothing. Trinity Rodman, daughter of former NBA star Dennis Rodman, got her first goal for the U.S., and on top of that, she's normal. That's it for your 102-second sports. Coming up next, a Major League Baseball team has a lot of explaining to do. Bax will get into that in his view from the couch on Rock 102. Are you an ins- And now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, like most sports fans, I've developed certain allegiances to certain teams. With very few exceptions, those allegiances tend to gravitate towards geographical associations. For example, I happen to be a fan of the Red Sox because growing up in Massachusetts, that's just what I do. And as such, it is my desire as a lifelong fan to see my favorite team behave like a franchise that has a desire to win. Sadly, not every team in the world operates this way. Sometimes a team operates their franchise purely for profitability, dismissing the rabid desire of their otherwise loyal fan base. For example, let's take a look at the Cincinnati Reds. Now, I hate that freaking team. But if I were living in the Cincinnati metropolitan area, and I thank God every day that I'm not, I would be concerned about the team's recent history of gutting their roster to save a few bucks. And I would likely be pretty vocal about it. Yesterday, however, Reds president Phil Castellini was asked about the team's disgruntled fans. And here's what he had to say. Quote, well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. He then said, you want to have this debate? If you want to look at what to do with this team and have it be more profitable, make more money, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. So be careful what you ask for. Folks, I believe that Phil Castellini is what most baseball fans would call an a-hole because what makes a team really profitable is your fans buying tickets and officially licensed products and patronizing your sponsors oddly enough 
Castellini issued a statement apologizing his dismissive comments several hours later, not realizing that his statements on a top-rated radio show would be aggressively rejected by the very fans who ritualistically expend their disposable gobs of cash because they're loyal to their baseball team and hires a disrespectful jackass to oversee their entire operation. You want to hire Phil Castellini? Be careful what you ask for. But hey, end of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Hey, how's your lawn looking? Go see Austin at the Agawam Rockies. Austin is all about lawn and garden, especially Scott's four-step and all the Scott's lawn stuff he knows about. How to plant, when to fertilize. Austin is your man. Good people, rock solid service. Scott's lawn care at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 713 in Deep Purple. We're back, Steve and Dave, in Rock 102. Highs in the low 70s today. Lots of sunshine. we got some rain tomorrow. We might hit 80 tomorrow. And? And what? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, hold on, yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, go. Let's try that again. Sorry, yeah. we missed rehearsal. Yeah. Highs in the low 70s today. Man, I'm glad Aflac pays cash. Aflac! Ha! <laughs> yep, we lost another one. 67 uh, years old. Another duck. Gilbert got uh, right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll play something yeah. uh, that uh, supports that in just uh, a little bit later on this morning. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was uh, a guest on our show a number of times, and... Uh, because we were talking during Hollywood trash, I, I've you know I've there have been a couple of moments where yeah you know, I've I, it spent time with a guy, and uh, off stage, very quiet, unassuming, yeah. little guy, but he had had physical problems for years. Yeah. Um. That uh, and what he died of was basically a like a coronary issue on top of another condition. That wind up affecting other organs in his body. Yeah, the muscular dystrophy that he had for years then led to, as you said, the heart condition. And when you say little guy, because I only interviewed him on the phone a few times. How how little, if you met him in person, how little is was Gilbert Gottfried? He was like uh, a few inches on Pat Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) And Pat Kelly, you can fold up and put in in a shirt pocket if you need to. He was was a little guy. I'd say very five 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 six maybe. Not I mean not a real tall guy, but not as strongly built as our afternoon drive guy, Pat Kelly, right? Uh, uh, no, no, yeah, no, he had a little bit more buffness to him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very, uh, like you said, soft-spoken guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I met him backstage at uh, at Bobby V's when they did the Treehouse Comedy thing right. down there a few years ago, and uh, he just talked like this. Oh, was uh, there a waiter around that I could order something to eat? You know, and he doesn't sound anything like his no. character that he plays on stage. And he was having uh, he was having some serious issues. You could clearly tell. Uh, by watching him backstage, that he was having these issues with his body. Yeah. But he went out on stage. When I brought him up on stage, he came out there and he delivered 100% like nothing was wrong with him. And it was just, it was very impressive to see that. This is one of these guys. You know, comics at a certain level, actually all comics really, are uh, usually riddled with uh, hatred and anger Mm -hmm. and and disrespect, especially when it comes to other comics. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare where you will see other comics go out of their way to watch a guy because of the level at which he works. Gilbert was one of those guys where comics would just, 
if they were around and they had a chance to, they would all sit in the back and they would be mesmerized by what he would do because he was fearless. And by that, I mean, I mentioned the story earlier. The, the, the Years ago, I opened for him. This would have been almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened for him and he, he went on stage uh, for the first 10, 12 minutes. I don't want to say intentionally bombing, but none of the jokes were connecting with the with the crowd at all, mm-hmm. and uh, and part of me thinks this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to tell jokes that were just not you're just going to make everybody groan and uncomfortable. Yeah. And then he did this bit where it was a conversation between uh, David Brenner and Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a hilarious bit because it's basically the same voice, and he's having this conversation, so it's mostly just gibberish, but it turned the crowd around. And at that point, he just owned them for the rest of the night. And it, yeah, it, all the comics in the back are, are howling because sure. to to turn a crowd back on your side oh, yeah. is virtually impossible. But this guy had the ability to do it, and that and that shows the level of talent. Not that he bombed because every comic bombs mm-hmm. at some point, but to take it and say we're going to go in another direction. That takes colossal talent. Well, the shtick you're talking about with David Brenner and Jerry Seinfeld, we'll hear that in Now Hear This a little bit later this hour. He started stand-up comedy. I'm looking here at his bio. I didn't realize this. He started at 15 years old doing open mic nights in New York City. And I didn't know this, or I'd forgotten it. He was a member of the Saturday Night Live cast for one season. That was the um, the year that Gene Dumanian was in charge of the show, and uh, yeah, one. Who's Eugene Dumanian? So Gene Dumanian. So okay. So let me uh, let me explain it. Uh, Lorne Michaels was the producer of that show for the first number of years, five, gotcha. six seasons, whatever it wound mm-hmm. up being. Uh, he left the show, and they basically got rid of the old cast. So everybody from you know Bill Murray and Gilda Radner and Lorraine Newman, they're all gone. So they hire a brand new cast. Now, this would have been the cast that had Joe Piscopo, and by the end of the season, they had hired Eddie Murphy. Gilbert Godfrey was part of that cast, and the only two they kept from Gene Dominion, who is now producing the show, were Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Mm. That's when the two of them continued on, but the other people of that cast were gone. Charles, The late Charles Rocket was on that cast, uh, a few others, but those are the only people... That people remember, but it was a it was mostly a completely forgettable season. But Gilbert, you know, in spite of uh, <laughs> being a part of a cast which most people have never even heard of, has this incredible comedy career, which you know to this day will well f- forever will be remembered as one of the all time great comics. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a very funny guy. It's unfortunate. Hey, are we losing all these people now? Well, Bob Saget, yeah. Norm Macdonald, all in a year. You know, Louis Anderson, all these people within a within a year. It's amazing. Well, I mean, they're getting to that age though. Yeah, that's but sixty, but sixty-seven is, is yeah, pretty that's young. Young, yeah, it is young. But I'm just saying, you're getting to that age where you're more likely to have something happen to you, sure, because of health issues or whatever. Right. So it's not unusual that all three of them would die in the last couple of years than it would be, you know any other time of their careers. Right, but in that case, you've got three guys who all died young. What the hell's going on there? 
Oh, is that my? Yeah, that's you. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing there, Bill? He's watching TikTok while we're talking. I don't, it, no, it's uh, well. I'll tell you what it is coming up in just a little bit. Actually, it's it's a horrible animal attack, and for some reason, on it's that set to music. Yeah, yeah. On that story, there's some something else playing in the background. Sorry about no, that. That's all right. It's uh, seven twenty. We're back, Stephen Dave, on Rock One Hundred Two. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock, and Stevie Ray Vaughan with back Stephen Dave and Rock 102. Going to be uh, not too bad today. Could see a chance of a shower throughout the Pioneer Valley and a high of 72. Tomorrow, thunderstorms with a high of 74. It's 41 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, beautiful weather down in Miami, but horrible animal attack. That's what I was looking at on the website when I was rudely interrupted by the audio that was on that website. So a dolphin attack on a trainer at the Miami Sea Aquarium captured... And what they're calling chilling footage. It happened just a couple of days ago, and they're just releasing it. Uh, a photographer caught it on on film. Uh, apparently, the trainer in the water suddenly appears to be struggling to stay afloat, and she's being violently pushed around by the dolphin. I thought dolphins were peaceful. No, right? no, yeah. you, you screw with a dolphin. Yeah. It's like any other animal. You screw around with it enough, it's gonna uh, yeah. it's gonna come back. Especially at you. the ones with lasers on them. Those are the most dangerous ones. Yeah, mm. the laser-guided porpoises. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, my dad once, uh, uh, we were at a uh, like a dolphin show years ago. Back this is back in the 70s when mm-hmm. you know anyone could just like walk up to the dolphin tank at a at an aquarium and start to you know messing with the fish. Sure. My dad and I don't know why he ever did this. Uh, there was a dolphin and the kids could like uh, you know, could, could pet the dolphin because it would swim right up to you. Mm-hmm. My dad thought it'd be uh, interesting to see what happens if you put your finger in the blowhole. No. Uh, that was a mistake. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he did that, but because uh, he's normally a very intelligent guy. But you put anything in a blowhole, mm-hmm. whether it be a whale or a dolphin, they don't like that. That would be like uh, if I stuck... A, f- a finger in your blowhole, right? You'd probably fight back. Well, well, I, don't, I don't even like it when somebody gives me a wet willy. That, that explains uh, a lot about you, my friend, with the bathrooms and the mysterious holes that are in the stall doors. Uh, All right, you know what? That does, know? that does that does that. You're you'd be making up more stories. than your finger inside of there. You're telling tall tales, is what you're doing over or here. You're getting a finger from the other side. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. We're back, Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, enjoy April showers and the the April showers discount. 60% off installation. Log on to yankeehome.com. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. First of all, over in Ukraine, Vladimir Putin vowing to, quote, wipe out the idea of being a Ukrainian. That's according to our President Biden, who is characterizing Russia's war in Ukraine as genocide. Putin did say yesterday that the war would continue until, quote, its full completion and the fulfillment of the tasks that have been set. Well, that's comforting. Yeah. So he didn't actually say what Biden said. Correct. He just said, we're going to finish what we started. Well, no. Putin said the second part about finishing yeah, what we started. Just, but he didn't say, we're going to like just get rid of the Ukraine. No, that's how President Biden characterized so that's the I'm, actions okay. of Vladimir Putin. That's, that's what I'm getting at. But this is interesting. One of Clinton, uh, Putin's closest friends has been captured and detained. A Ukrainian oligarch, I guess that's like a businessman, essentially, former leader of a pro-Rish, uh, pro-Russian opposition party and uh-huh. a close associate of Putin, who is the godfather to Putin's youngest daughter, has been detained in a special operation 
that the Ukraine released yesterday. So in other words, yeah. they're they're holding this guy captive. That may piss off Putin something fierce. I would think so. Yeah, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want anybody messing with my best friends. Mm-hmm. Closer to home, a woman dying as a result of a crash along 291 in Springfield. It happened around 8.15 on Monday night. Authorities releasing some new details. Mass State Police saying troopers were called to the crash along the eastbound side of the highway. A preliminary investigation reportedly indicating that a 34-year-old Springfield man was driving eastbound on 291 when he struck 75-year-old Rosalind Jacquet of Springfield. Happened in the center travel lane. She was pronounced dead at the scene. State police adding the cause of the crash, including why the 75-year-old woman was walking on the highway, remains under investigation. What a horrible story. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, And I would imagine, I'm speculating, it's the age of 75, there must have been some other kind of underlying condition going on. I guess, some confusion. Out in the middle yeah, of, the, right. of a highway, you just don't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Air quality in Springfield's East Forest Park, pretty damn good. While those with respiratory or heart diseases in Upper Hill need to be careful due to pollution levels. This according to a new website, pioneervalleyhealthair.org. Oh, what do they know? Yeah. You want to breathe freely? East Forest Park is your way to go. Probably uh, 16 acres probably be number two on that list. But you go into some of these areas. Upper Hill, among them. You go, uh, upper Hill. Uh, you, know, you might want to bring like a oxygen tank with you. So you're saying they didn't need this air quality study to determine that, Bax? Is that what you're saying? Um, well, I don't typically hold my breath whenever up on, on, on the hill or, you know, other sections of town, you know, Pine Point, uh, Indian Orchard, whatever it might McKnight be. McKnight neighborhood. McKnight, exactly. I didn't typically hold my breath. The Hollywood section. Hollywood, right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Poor air quality is linked to higher rates of asthma and other chronic health conditions. By the way, Springfield was once termed the, quote, asthma capital of the country. But that's no longer the case. Allentown, Pennsylvania now has that distinction. Frickin' Allentown. You know, like, you know, we thought we had it. We thought we, that we were the place well, to wheeze. And well, now we, the place to wheeze is uh, Allentown. Well, they're living there in Allentown. And they're closing all the factories down. And it's hard to keep a good man down. So true. Are we done, Billy Joel? Especially as he's... You know, is that who that was? Especially as he's desperately gasping for breath. Well, the Pioneer Valley Healthy Air... Dot .org website, sort of the brainchild of Maura Healy, the AG who is going to be running for governor. Oh, well, it's got to be good then if it's run by her. There you go. <laughs> and, <laughs> she, she backs all the great things. And speaking of government, according to YouGov, the most trusted news source in the United States. Uh, Dave Coombs with News? No, not even close. Uh, I, don't, I'm not, I didn't even make the study. Bax? I have no idea. I mean, Steve? I don't know. The Weather Channel. It's not news. That's not even close to news. Well, it's the most factual thing on television. (laughs) That's that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, I I suppose that if you're, you know, if you're comparing one or the other, Mm -hmm. they're probably no more or less inaccurate than any other source. 
But how many times have they been wrong? How many times have you read a forecast from the the Weather Channel only for it to be completely wrong? Good point. I liked when they were uh, way back in the day, all the way back in 2013, when they were sexist and uh, having the chicks wear the tight clothes on TV. Yeah, those are good days. Yeah, that was a good time. I was just talking talking to my friend Cam Newton about something like that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he thought that was a good uh, good choice, too. I'm just saying. (laughs) Behind the Weather Channel, the most trusted news source, PBS then BBC, then the Wall Street Journal. Everybody else a distant, dead last. Well, apparently. because m- most news outlets aren't really news anymore anyway. They're, right? they're infotainment. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's opinionated things passed off as news, and it's really uh, not less about facts than it is about somebody's opinion about something. Well, right, whether it's infotainment, like you said, just yeah. to titillate, or whether it's <laughs> slanted news titillate. toward one side or the other, either yeah. conservative or liberal. You see, I uh, I don't know about you, but I don't typically watch the network news anymore for just that reason. Because it's like uh, it's news I've been uh, reading for hours. Right. I much prefer... Uh, a good hearty website can't if it weren't true they wouldn't print it on the internet that's true we're going to have a new police chief in Chicopee on friday mayor john view will name the city's next police chief unless of course the superintendent of schools can find a way to end it well true this has been delayed a little bit because of the scandal over lynn clark oh lynn clark will put the put the brakes on anybody trying to get that job and it's been about two years of interim chiefs of police in Chicopee. Well, the two finalists are Captain Patrick Major and Jeffrey Gowron. One of them will get the job this Friday. Yeah, isn't well, isn't this uh, isn't this uh, Badge Bunny weekend where the Badge Bunny comes out and delivers uh, veiled text messages and th- threats to police chief candidates? <laughs> yes, I believe that's uh, been the tradition. Yeah, over yeah. there, sure. And uh, this Friday's Good Friday, uh, where. Uh, where the mayor gets put up on a cross. Yeah, you've you've mentioned this since the beginning of this whole story. It's like I can't even imagine why being the police chief at Chicopee is is worth the effort, knowing how difficult it is to get that job without some sort of controversy staining the entire hiring process. Yeah, must be uh, must be good fringe benefits. It, there's got to be. There's got. It's got to be a great freaking job. There's a 401k plan in the works. Well, that's worth it. But we're pulling for Captain Patrick Major, aren't we? Just because of that I'm name. Not, I'm not pulling for anybody no. in uh, in Chicopee government right now. Hmm. Nope. I'd like to have that guy's name in office. And I find it interesting that they released the names of the two finalists. Well, no, I'm, it's all public. I mean, that's, you know, the uh, the other guy that backed out, his name eventually came out. The, mm-hmm. the only reason they weren't listing their names in the beginning was because the matter really had somewhat to do with the process but you were naming a, a victim of a crime so that's why they left that out it wasn't yeah. you everybody knew who the three three or was it four people i thought it mm-hmm. was wasn't it four uh people? Yeah, the, yeah well everybody knew who the candidates were because that was all like back just said public information it was the nature of the story when it first came out that they weren't naming who the victim was of the alleged crime so now when they finally get around to resolving this and they have to choose a new superintendent of schools, mm-hmm. those names will be public as well. And we'll have to go and look at their background to see, make sure, make sure we're vetting those people out. Get, uh, Amy Fisher, uh, <laughs> Lorena Bovitz. Uh, <laughs> make sure they have a <laughs> limited number of burner phones. Yeah. Any, kind of any other scorned female uh, qualified for that job? Who's that uh, teacher? Well, she just died. 
the one that slept with she was like the biggest teacher. Oh, Mary Kay Letourneau. Mary Kay oh, Letourneau. Yeah. 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 Oh, she'd be yeah. perfect. My mother used to sell those products all the time. It was Mary Kay products. Mary Kay Laterna products. Door to door. Mom, what's this C ring you're selling? <laughs> My son's first mom did that for a couple of years, and it ended when she left it out in the car on a hot summer day, and it melted all over the. You're talking about trunk. selling. You're talking about selling Mary Kay products. Or you're yes. talking about falling in love with a with a underage child. No. All right. Good. Thank the God. former. Thank God. <laughs> hey, a divorce lawyer on TikTok is catching heat. After claiming women should avoid marrying certain types of men because they tend to be the messiest to divorce. Really? Yes. Pilots, surgeons, firemen, Mm -hmm. cops, and members of the military. Those are the five jobs to avoid if you're a woman looking to get married, according to this divorce lawyer on TikTok. A radio host wasn't one of them. I no. was surprised. No, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to get to dump us, as it <laughs> yeah, turns out. Yeah, it's really not that hard. I, I can vouch for that, by the um, way. <laughs> very easy to take half of your retirement. Is it, it, well, actually, I was going to bring that up. Is it because of the retirement situations in each of those positions? I, I think these are pretty highly paid positions, and even if it's cops and you're not highly paid, you know, you got a significant amount of money coming in with your um, with your retirement fund or your pension or your something pensions, like that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, This divorce lawyer is a woman, and she's being criticized for putting this out on TikTok, but she doubled down, saying the messiest women to divorce for us guys are stay-at-home moms. Oh, yeah. And that kind of makes sense, I guess, right? Well, yeah, because their earning potential at staying by staying home mm-hmm. is significantly altered. Sure. Yes. I just I just watched some court proceeding where, where the woman was... Talking about how she was a stay-at-home mom and she was getting all this money from this guy, and then the judge was like, uh, "Well, you know, you're able to work. Your children go to school. You can you can find a job in order to do that." And she said, "No, he takes care of me." And she was trying to like the judge was like, "No, you don't understand. Like, you don't need to be independent uh, financially from him. You need to, you have your own financial independence. You know." Some people don't get that. They don't. They don't, especially if there's a lot of money coming in from one source. That's right. It's 744 with back Steve and Dave coming up next. And now hear this. Lots of Gilbert Gottfried audio and the police and the Bee Gees come together in a new mashup from YouTuber DJ Zebra. It's all straight ahead on Now Hear This at Rock 102. Attention milling up. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 751 and Billy Idol on Rock 102. It's going to be a nice day today, high of 72. Tomorrow, not so nice. Thunderstorms possible, the high of 74. It's 41 in downtown Springfield. Everybody, and I mean everybody, has got a project they want to finish around the house or around the property, what have you. Rock 102 wants to help you get that project done. With Pick Your Project, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, you could win $2,500 in cash, which you could use towards uh, putting some uh, relaxation in your summer with 21st century pools and spas, lumber for your building project from Hamshaw Lumber, repairs to your well or putting a water treatment system in from Aqua Pump, or tree care or removal from DLNG Tree. And all you got to do is go to rock102.com and sign up. It's as simple as that. One winner chosen at random to win 2500 bucks. Pick your project. Brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements. You can visit them at DaveMinerRoofing.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Now hear this. Now hear this. It's just the normal noises in here. You hear me? You're only hearing what you want to hear. Now hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. 
Well, we lost one yesterday. Famous comedian. And one local news anchor bobbled the announcement a little bit yesterday afternoon. Here's clip number one. Comedian and actor Gilbert Gottfried has died at the age of 67. Once again on that one. Comedian and actor Gilbert Gottfried has died at the age of 67. Gilbert Gottfried. She got fried. Mm -hmm. She got Gilbert right. Yes. What about uh, sautéed? I like when it gets sautéed. Fried got is pretty good from what I understand. Right. Has, uh, yeah. has she never heard of Gilbert Gottfried before? Probably not. Has she uh, never heard the name Gottfried before or uh, seen a name like that? Surprisingly, no, she has not seen that. Interesting. Are we identifying the reporter? Yeah, well, it's Jordan Jagalinson. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't know if you guys wanted to do that We don't want to embarrass Jordan Jagalinson. Yes, but, we do. Well, okay, maybe we do. But it, mm. that, uh, nevertheless, it's uh, Gottfried, Jordan. Once Gottfried. again, the clip. Comedian and actor Gilbert Gottfried has died at the age of 67. Mm-hmm. Gottfried. Mm-hmm. I got fried. Well, let's take a look back at Gilbert Gottfried's career with a little montage here, starting with an anchor who did get it right. Clip number two. Iconic uh, comedian Gilbert Gottfried has passed away at the age of 67. Please welcome Gilbert Gottfried. Just cut it out. Just stop it. Just try to control yourselves. There's more show to go. <laughs> I have a documentary. And it's called Gilbert. Okay, is... I won't tell you what it's about. <laughs> Boy, Jafar's gonna be happy to see you. Excellent work, Iago. Oh, Jafar, you're too kind. David Brenner in a deep philosophical conversation with Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, Jerry, Jerry, you ever eat pizza? Why do people eat pizza? <laughs> there's, there's the clip. Uh, the there's the clip. <laughs> yeah, it's very Unbelievably good. Unbelievably <laughs> funny. Gilbert Gottfried, dead at 67. He had um, a form of muscular dystrophy and some heart complications on top of that. Yeah, he had a whole mess of things going on. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. And uh, my son's favorite movie growing up was Little Mermaid with Iago. Was it the parrot, right? Well, first of all, it was Aladdin. He wasn't Aladdin. Yeah. He didn't play Aladdin. No, it was, he was oh, in right. Aladdin. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Aladdin. Yes, Aladdin. Yeah, yes. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I said that wrong. So, yeah, my son's favorite movie was Little Mermaid. And I, I guess, no, that wasn't uh, Gilbert Gottfried also in that one. No. no Unless no. he played, he might have played a character in that one as well. I don't think so. No? No. Because no. that, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> See, I wouldn't put uh, Bird in a, you know, a fish movie because birds eat fish, and you don't want to exactly. see that happen. And that would have been yeah. – how gross would that have been? Well, I, thought, I thought there was a bird who was, like, like combing his plumes with mm. a fork. A snarf flap is what he called it in that movie, if Bax remembers correctly. Yes, uh, but I don't believe that was an actual character. I just think it was like a, like an extra, okay. a walk-on role <laughs> an, an for ex- a bird. An extra cartoon character. Gotcha. All right. Well, maybe somebody can clarify all that for us. Uh, clip number three is – Somebody called DJ Zebra, and he's one of them YouTube mashup guys. Listen to what he created recently. Bee Gees, and yet... You know what's amazing about these mashups? You can get a guy to put this together and violate two different 
uh, trademark and copyright infringements. <laughs> you don't think he has the BMI and ASCAP agreement that we radio stations do? I don't well, know, but he certainly I'm sure he certainly didn't get Sting's permission to do this. Is he stealing it? Is he selling it? No. If you're not selling it, you have free reign to do that. Well, is that I mean, that's why we have to have these licenses, because we're, in essence, quote, selling something? Yes, because yeah. we're providing something that is profitable. Because we're a commercial radio station. And, and it correct. depends on what we can play. Isn't it if you're only playing an X amount of seconds of a song, you really don't need the permission nah, to play fair, it. Fair, that fair use uh, thing is, uh, is a load of garbage. Well, that I don't like this at all. What are you talking about? What part? The the Bee Gees the B, the Andy the Andy Gibb part. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It takes a lot of talent to be DJ Zebra and put that stuff together. In my opinion, I don't know if he's monetizing it at all. That's the big question. Well, there, that's, obviously. Now he's got some copyright problems. Yeah. Coming up next in the 102 second sports, one NFL team is in big trouble. We'll have it for you on Rock 102. Everyone has a. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-11 and the cars on Rock 102. Highs in the 70s today, highs in the 80s tomorrow, if we're lucky. But I guess temps aren't the only thing rising. You know, I uh, I was at a uh, grocery store. I'm not going to name names. I'm not even going to tell you what it rhymes with. All I will tell you is I bought myself a gallon of milk. Is there a letter involved in this store? Um, I guess there are most there stores. are letters in its name. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying a thing, okay. Steve. I'm not. Right. Say, neither nope, one of you. Gotcha. You're not dragging me this out right. of me. Keep He's, going. He can't be tricked. <clears throat> he can be though. I I can be. I'm very gullible. I, I leave myself open to making mistakes like that. But I will not do that in this case. All right. You got milk. Got milk. Six dollars. For the gallon mm. of milk. Where are you buying milk at this uh, grocery? Everywhere, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. That like right now, prices are at a ridiculous level, and the USDA is saying that you can expect uh, a greater rise in prices by as much as five percent this year. Five um, percent. Now, uh, milk. Uh, Typically would cost you what, like three dollars a gallon? Yeah. Okay. Six dollars a gallon for the same gallon of milk. Now I like milk, but I could buy a cow for that. And everyone complains about the cost of gasoline. If my car would run on milk, if I had a milk running car, I'd go broke. Thankfully, yes, uh, my car does not run on milk. You're not buying 26 gallons of milk at a time. You don't either. know. You don't know how much milk. You I'm don't buying. drink that much. Maybe milk. I do. Yeah. Maybe I'm lactose deficient. Uh, let's see. I'm. Uh, I'm trying to uh, find uh, some milk here for you at a stop and. Shop. I'm not. I'm not really interested in trying to find a cheaper. I, I was at a store that charged me six dollars for the milk, but it's not just milk. It's like eggs are more expensive. Bacon is over you know, like eleven dollars a pound. Yep. Bacon. I mean, how much for the entire time you've known me, Steve? Yeah. How much have I been promoting the delicious taste of bacon? What am oh, I? F- forever. Yes. Yeah. Well, can can you can you give it up? Well, we, for the month. <laughs> or the or the we got bacon and brews coming up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. Well, 
Yeah, people have already purchased their tickets for that. So yeah, I know, I know. I know what they've done. Yep. I know that the uh, the price of the ticket uh, proceeds right? much of the increase. Locked in. But I'm afraid that this bacon and bruise is going to put us under because mm-hmm. of the amount of bacon that will be necessary to satisfy these vultures. I mean, our listeners. I don't think so. I think uh, the bacon prices will level off. Yeah, but will they level off by the time bacon and bruise rolls around? Yeah. Four, I mean, because now. Four forty nine a gallon for milk at Stop and Shop. But even that is an outrageous amount of money to spend on a gallon of milk. Well, but if you're talking about, let's say, the eight percent increase in inflation over the last month, yeah, it's not that bad. Four forty nine, it could be worse. Are you listening to yourself? Yeah, you're I'm, you're, you're lying to yourself to believe that this <laughs> isn't these aren't outrageously expensive times. And here's the thing that that uh, that people got to understand, you know, in in many sectors of of employment uh wages have increased but the amount of inflation has basically neutralized all of that because the cost to buy stuff stuff mm-hmm. that you need b- bacon eggs mustard yeah. um uh, uh you know high fat uh, you know, uh butter and stuff these things are basically eliminating what you've gained from your increased wages. Well, so that's the problem with with inflation is that that you know when this occurs, you know, you're now further behind than you were behind than you were before any increase that you may have taken from work. The inflation increase in March by the way, the fastest pace in 40 years. See, that's what I'm telling you. These are tough times. And if you if you're a, a guy like me who uh eats every single day, <laughs> really? And you're noticing that it's costing you 7% more for chicken. 7%. That's a lot of money when every other product you're buying is raising is raising their prices at almost the same rate. I'm going to have to cut down on Chick-fil-A visits, that's for sure. Well, I would do that anyway. But but nevertheless, I mean, at what point do you say, you know what, I, I got to get off the milk. I got to get off the chicken. These beef prices are, 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 are draining me. All right, so the one... Indication of inflation was due to the consumer price index from March, but there's another one coming out in about 15 minutes. Right. The producer price index, which is another measure of inflation, is due out at 8:30 this morning. So that could bring more bad news. Who knows? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you just wonder if uh, if uh, anyone's going to try to corner the market on frozen concentrated orange juice. I think like, Doctor Evil might do that. I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't man, put but, it past him. But, you know, the, 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 the problem we're facing here is, you know, the, the average consumer like you and me and you, yeah, we're powerless. There's nothing we can do. Right, that's There's, right. We just got to sit here and well, take it and pay these prices like uh, we got nothing else to do with our, our or, gobs of cash. Or you can just uh, plan your shopping at different places where you're going to get better deals. Mm-hmm. True. I understand that. But mm-hmm. even the places with better deals have had to increase their prices. It's just it, it's not it's not their fault. It's you right. know, the entire everything is connected to everything when it comes to like economy. Yep. So for example, let's just say uh you have a uh, like weather, you know, damages a crop in Florida yeah. for uh for oranges. Well, you know, Clarence Beeks and the Dukes are working at the uh, <laughs> at uh, at the the brokerage mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they got a fake crop uh, you know, crop report. And then all of a sudden, you're now all of a sudden there are these two guys that uh, corner the market on frozen cor- concentrated orange juice. You guys are a couple of bookies. Yeah, th- that's right. Mm-hmm. 
Turn no. those machines back on. <laughs> I was in uh, I was in the grocery store yesterday and I saw uh, lobsters, lobster tails. Yeah, mm-hmm. for a hundred and twelve dollars a pound. Get out. Yeah, it was some kind of green lobster. Was huh. it? Uh, is there? Is that like a? It must be like a specific type. Yeah, I guess. Well, and but even the regular lobsters were like you know probably fifteen or eighteen dollars. I remember them like four years ago. They were like four dollars a pound. Yeah, and you, they couldn't get rid of them. Right? Yeah. There were so many of them. And now you want tails, lobster tails, one hundred and twelve dollars a pound. But again, what's causing that? A lack of uh, labor. Yeah. Uh, overfishing. Supply, the, yeah, supply, chain is, supply chain issues, still so, a problem, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and less guys out there yep. going lobster fishing because you know people just don't want to do that work anymore. You know, so that, that jacks up the price because there's mm-hmm. less of it out there. Sure. I found lobster. Uh, I just uh, found this uh, rope in the water, and I just started <laughs> pulling and pulling, and all of a sudden, all these uh, lobsters came hey, up in the cage. good for you, man. Yeah, it's kind of like your magnet fishing. I believe that's <laughs> illegal. <laughs> Is it? Yes. <laughs> My father was a lobster fisherman. Yeah, I, I believe you're not supposed to do that. But, yeah. you know, you're right. I mean, you just have to make adjustments in your spending, where you go, how much you buy, maybe backs for you instead of a 16-hour fast, bump it up to a 20-hour fast. Just saying. I don't like and by the, the way. I don't. I don't like the the craziness you're talking. Where are we going for nice, delicious snacks this morning, Steve? By uh, whatever the company can afford. I don't oh know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you put it, put that on petty cash. I, I, I know what you're. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah, you 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 have to adjust what what you do. I mean, uh, you know, we're already doing it at the house. You buy you buy vegetables from like Price Right and things like that because. Mm-hmm. The problem with buying like vegetables from Price Right and Aldi, they don't last as long as like produce you would get in the major grocery stores. Right. But that just means there's more preservatives on them anyway. That's right. So, yeah, that's, that's right. right. A lot of it has to do with the, uh, the packaging of vegetables. But I also think like, you know, the stuff that they sell at those stores, like Aldi's or, or, or Price Right, is like leftover bulk stuff that they buy. I think Dave Ratner explained that to me one time. It's like bulk stuff that they buy. Because they never have the same thing. Yeah. The the solution to a lot of this stuff is growing uh, uh, your own garden. And okay. Your, your own garden, you know, composting. Sure. And then maybe buying uh, a cow or two. It's the only way to get ahead of this stuff. Uh, my solution is to buy only the, st- the stuff I'm going to eat for the next 24 hours. And then I don't overeat. I mean, I just buy, you know. What you need. What I need that day and maybe for breakfast yeah, the next morning and, and that's it. That works for a single guy. Yes, because, exactly. You know, yeah. that, that's the difference. Yep. When you're trying to feed a family of four right. or even six or some yeah. of these people, sure. uh, it's not that easy. Yeah, yep. you, know, you don't have time to go into a grocery store every that's single right. day. I, no, I get it. Pasta. A box of spaghetti is $1.59 now. It used to be $0.99. That's it. $0.89 cents if you're lucky. It adds up. And even the cost of going out to a restaurant... You know those those prices have sure. had to increase because of the same the same exact issues. Mm-hmm. You know to to make food, you got to pay for the food, and they have to reflect those prices so that they don't struggle. Damn our economy! You know what? I mean, the 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 problem is it really ultimately falls on all of us, and I understand that that's just the way it's got to be. But when you look at the increase in prices, and you look at the at the rate, mm-hmm. and like you said. You haven't seen uh, increases like this since 1981. Right. You start to wonder, hey, what the hell is going on over here? And why aren't we trying to figure out a way of 
of fixing this. Well, instead of purchasing the food, you could steal it like Nagel over there from the lobster pots. Yeah, but even the guy that had it stolen from him had to pay the money, and now he's got to pay twice as much to replace it. That's true. Ridiculous. It's 821 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. GG Inc. Compensation, benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Overtime available. Apply for the April 13th job fair today at stanleyblackanddecker.com slash careers. Walk-ins also welcome. Stanley Black & Decker is an equal opportunity employer. It's just about 8.33. We're back, Steve and Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. Hey, we think we got the political problems here with the arrest of school superintendent Lynn Clark in Chicopee and the slowdown that mm. that has caused in mm. naming a full-time police chief in Chicopee. Well, how about New York State? Look at him. New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin resigning after a federal court announced charges of bribery and wire fraud against him. So apparently he had to resign. And New York's Governor Kathy Hochul accepted the resignation yesterday. Man. Yeah. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that stuff. Mr. Benjamin is 45 years old. He's from Harlem and was appointed as lieutenant governor in August of 2021. He's being charged with one count of federal program bribery, one count of honest services, wire fraud, one count of conspiracy to commit those offenses, and two counts of falsification of records. Well, that'll come to, it's coming to butt him back in the ass, huh? Yeah, five to 20 years in prison worth. Now, what uh, what records were these? Are these like uh, the Beatles records, uh, some of the Rolling Stones? What were they? No, I, I think they were more along the lines of records with other officials. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he collaboration was, yeah. records, duets. Yeah. According to this report, Benjamin was granted $50,000 to use in his district toward entities such as libraries, schools, and nonprofit organizations. Eh, who needs that? Might as well just pocket that cash for yourself. Well, that's not exactly what happened, Bax. The money allegedly went to a nonprofit run by a real estate developer who Benjamin had approached about fundraising. Uh, so, who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was trying to use some of that money to make more money. Probably. He was a uh, kind of a scum, scummy kind of guy. This is why I, I don't, I don't go into politics. I don't even think this way. I don't, even, I don't even think about how I can bilk people out of their cash, and <laughs> uh, and and you know use it to help uh, other people profit. I, I just don't think that way. That's why you're stuck doing what we're doing? Being I a know. stupid DJ. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have been much more successful. That that wouldn't have <laughs> taken a whole lot of effort, really. Anybody could have done that. After being appointed as lieutenant governor, Mr. Benjamin also allegedly lied on forms about his relationship with donors, stating that he never, quote, directly exercised governmental authority concerning a matter of donor-directed solicitations. So there you go. He's got an excuse for everything. All right. Well, most of them do. Bring, bring on the next one. The Boston Marathon, all set for this Monday. But the shooting and smoke bombing that occurred on a subway in Brooklyn yesterday is causing safety concerns around the Boston Marathon. People who are going to be running or people who are going to be spectating are worried. But officials saying every single Boston police officer will be working on Marathon Monday, and that goes for uniformed and plain-clothed cops. Now, am I getting this right? They have not run it since uh, 2019, right? Is that right or not? Is that right? I yeah, I believe it was 29. All I think right. last year was a virtual, or was it a virtual? Yeah, event? I think yeah. you had a jog in place yeah. in a Zoom meeting. Hmm. <laughs> um, just, uh, just to uh, give everybody a little heads up, uh, 
because of my knee issues this year, I have given up my training to run hmm. in this year's marathon. I thought I'd give a, a Kenyan or an Ethiopian a chance to win. Well, that's big of you. I had you. I had you in the race too. I had you what to five to two odds. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I I, I manage a uh, huh. Boston Marathon fantasy league. Uh, <laughs> you know, we already had our draft, so we'll see how they do this year. You know, I like the uh, the people. I don't really like them. The ones who are like, oh yeah, another Kenyan wins. Ooh. You know, here's the here's the reality of the situation. I uh, I've participated in several five Ks uh, in my lifetime. Enough five Ks to almost make a, a full marathon. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, people uh, that are Kenyan or even uh, other you know backgrounds that they come from uh, do well in these races, mm-hmm. and they and they compete for the purses for these things, and that's how they keep themselves. You know, uh, financed to go to the next big thing. Sure. And then people, you know, you get done with the with a race, and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, of course, of course, a Kenyan one." Well, yeah, and they're all sitting down, and you know what they're doing? They're eating fruit, and they're taking care of their bodies. You know what the rest of the people are doing? Eating they're pizzas, going, eating pizzas, and going to the bar and drinking beers after a race. That's right. America, Steve. It's when you take care of your body, mm-hmm. you do better. So it's not has nothing to do with. Who they are? Yeah, it's it's or what you know what background they are. They train all the time. They're run running constantly, and uh, they're not eating processed foods or you know sugars or anything like that. They're eating bananas and oranges at the end of the race because uh, that keeps you healthier. In some cases, they can't afford food. By the way, they're from poorer communities in some of those African countries. I had a chance to cover the Boston Marathon as a reporter back in 1987 when I was working for WBOS Radio. Uh huh. And I was stationed right at the finish line. It was a great experience, but I was thinking about that now because that's where the horrible incident occurred. Right. And, now, uh, but uh, back in 1980, what? Seven. 1987? Mm-hmm. Were you one of those people that was uh, drunk on the side of the road? No, no. I really? Was, oh, I was, that was everybody else. Yeah, I was representing WBOS, so I couldn't be drunk. What? What kind, what kind of radio, radio station, station is you that? working for? <laughs> <laughs> This is the very reason most of us got into radio. Yeah, we're sponsored by alcohol companies. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Even our even our AA sponsors are sponsored by alcohol companies. I'm looking forward to that, by the way, coming up at uh, our event next weekend. Isn't it next weekend that that big event is? Uh, Bacon and Brews? Yeah. I think it is. Well, anyway, back to the marathon. Aside from the police officers on duty, there will also be special ops, hazmat, and drone detection teams along with the National Guard. So if you're thinking of going, it sounds like it's going to be safe. Hey, we got a father and son criminal team here in our midst. Luis Santiago's 50. His son Kevin, 26, both of Holyoke, charged in connection with a shooting that left a man suffering a serious gunshot wound to his face. They were arrested back in April 8th, and a third suspect, Omar Aristi, 39 years old of Holyoke, arrested shortly after the shooting and charged as well. Nice to see family doing things together. Yeah, I mean, while shooting people in the face is not uh, well advised, but uh, you're right. It is kind of nice to see a father and son doing stuff together. Like the courtship of Eddie's father, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Bixby and Brandon Cruz. I told you, my kids are getting bored with me magnet fishing. They're already bored with it? Yeah. You, you just started. Time to get some firearms and start shooting people in the face. Nah, I wouldn't recommend it. That's the new pastime. Well, and for the other guy, the third guy, Omar Aristi, he joined the wrong family, obviously. He, he's not. They're all going to be in jail together. Well, is, he like, is, like, is he a distant relative, maybe? No. A cousin? Well, I don't know. Santiago versus Aristi. I yeah, don't know. It could be. Could be. Sure. 
Another guy, John Pena Baez, also from Holyoke, arrested for selling fentanyl and heroin in southern Vermont, pleading not guilty to drug distribution charges in Burlington. Cops conducting one of those controlled purchases ploys caught him selling the drugs in the Bennington area back in February and March. Mm. Mr. Baez. Yeah. How many roads can a man walk down before you call him a man? Hmm? Wow. Good and you, question. And you call me the grandpa? Yeah. How, how many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Wow. Mm. Yes. And how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Joan Baez. There you go. It's actually Bob Dylan. But yeah. Well, Bob Dylan wrote it. <laughs> he wrote it. Yeah. But, yeah. but Joan Baez. Uh, well, Joan Baez sang many, many songs. Yes, but it was the most famous version. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I don't know about that. Well, thanks for that factoid. But nevertheless, uh, I, we all understand what you were getting at. Mm-hmm. Yes. We do? I mean, yeah, we do. Okay. Well, as long as we're on music, some research in Germany. Finding out that playing popular rock music during surgery can improve a doctor's performance. It's thought that the rhythm helps promote a faster speed and enhances the overall performance. For example, according to the research, when the Beatles' Hey Jude or Let It Be played, doctors stitched up wounds 50% faster. Or, taking it to the next level, when they did surgery during ACDC's Highway to Hell or TNT... The time was reduced from 236 seconds to 139 seconds to complete some basic stitching. Yes, but there's vomit and beer bottles left inside the patient. You don't want that. <laughs> or a wristwatch yeah. is in this guy's chest cavity. It's Ozzy Osbourne looking up urine off the, uh, off the operating room floor. Or maybe somebody dropped a junior mint. Ooh, who doesn't love a good refreshing. junior mint? <laughs> they're very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. It doesn't say anything about the problems that might occur with the faster speeds. Because if you're doing something real fast, you're probably screwing up at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, having music in the background doesn't always make you uh, a productive employee. Mm -hmm. We're going to find that out coming up in just a couple of minutes here. I see what you did there. What did I do? You mentioned, uh, you know, with music in the background, it makes you a productive employee. Well, you think I'm suggesting something that the the music in the background of this place of business is is not uh, distracting? Do you know why I have no hair? Because of the music we've played in the background for all these years. <laughs> it's, I just start pulling it out, and now I have nothing left to pull. Really? Is that, yeah. is that what did it? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be in the background. It's going to be in the foreground. Who we got coming up? Uh, well, well, we, we uh, have uh, the next item on the wait, menu. Let's, wait, let's see if Steve can guess. Okay, go ahead, Steve. What do you mean? What do we have Who we up? have coming up? We have uh, no, ter- no. Uh, musically, I'm saying. Oh, musically? Yeah, it's probably a, a Nirvana song. <laughs> nope. Or uh, or uh, maybe uh, Eddie Money. No. Uh, or uh, let's see, Pink uh, Floyd. No. P- yeah, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. No. 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 Uh, John Mellencamp. And no. Look at uh, that. The Police. No. See. No. See, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Nope. It's, it's a bigger yeah. playlist than you thought, Nagel. Yeah, well, there's 400 songs in there. <laughs> yeah, well, so, he'll, he'll get know. it eventually. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty who, big. Who uh, is very, it? I'm who not is telling it? you. Why don't you tell us? Well, because I want to. You don't want people it. to go. Oh yeah, I don't want to listen to that crap and then turn the radio station. Well, it might be a favorite song of somebody. It's or Van, a lot of people. It's Van Halen. Hey, Van Halen. Uh, oh, is, it, is it Jump or I'll Wait? Uh, neither one. Is it uh, finish what you started? No, which yeah. I love, by the way. 
Is it uh, that other one? Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. the other one. What is it? Which right, one is it? Right now? Running with the Devil. Running right. with the Devil. There you there go. go. Oh, the classic Van Halen track. We're going to oh. play that, and there's going to be some doctors doing some great surgery all over Western Mass. And, Let's and hope so. And then, and then we'll hear it again uh, 45 minutes from now. <laughs> Coming up on Rock 102. <laughs> Wayne was hired as an out. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.51 and Van Halen with back Steve and Dave in Rock 102. It's almost summer. Low 70s today, warm and breezy. 80-ish tomorrow, but maybe some rain tomorrow. Uh, Rick's Place from uh, Wilbraham is uh, an organization that helps uh, grieving families and children in, uh, in the event that uh, you've lost a loved one. And in the studio with us this morning is the director of that fine organization, Therese Ross. Good morning, Therese. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And uh, we got a big event coming up on uh, April 30th. Yes, we do. We're super excited. We have our 5K one-mile walk happening at Minichog Regional High School. My alma mater. <laughs> yes, and we hope you'll be able to come back and join us. Yeah, I don't think they let me uh, go back there. I don't you don't think about. so? I'll sneak in. I'll wear a fake mustache. Now, there's yeah. a, the, you have a choice between a 5K yes. and a one-mile walk. It's not like it's a 5K and then you have to walk a mile. No, it's an either-or. And we have a virtual option. So if hmm. you are listening to this show remotely somewhere, you yeah. can hop on and register and do it virtually. Yeah, you can run around your own neighborhood. Or you don't even have to run at all. You can just give the money to Rick's place. That's all you, you could, really need to do. You could do that too. Now, Steve mentioned about uh, <laughs> you know what Rick, Rick's place is all about, and we've had you guys on uh, over the years. And um, you know, it, it's it's not easy work to deal with uh, you know family members that have lost a, a loved one. But tell us about what it is that Rick's place does. Yeah, so we work with families who have children ages 5 to 18, and the family has experienced the death of either a caregiver, a parent, a sibling. I don't know if you know that one in 14 kids in Massachusetts under the, 18 will, under the age of 18 will experience the death of a parent or a sibling. Hmm. And nationwide, over 200,000 kids have lost a parent during COVID alone. Hmm. So the loss experience is really significant. And it's, re- it's really important to note that it doesn't matter the manner of death that someone passed away w- with. It's, it's all the themes are the same yeah. that people deal with, whether it be, you know, I, th- I found that the thing that was most helpful for me was the, the support group among the adults, because you start to realize how many other people are experiencing the exact same thing you're going through. Even though someone might have died in an automobile accident or a heroin overdose or, or any number of different ways uh, people reach their demise, it doesn't matter because everybody deals with the same thing. And I found that extremely helpful to talk with other people about that. Right. And that peer support piece is what mm. really works, not just for the adults, but also for the kids so that people recognize they're not alone in that loss experience. You're right. Their loss is unique. But there is that universalness of what's missing for them now. You know, it, what's what's interesting to me anyway is that uh, I mean, there are, there are grief support you know services out there all over the the country, but you know, you're specifically talking about about kids and 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 and, and you know, uh, remaining parents too, which to me it, it gives you guys a uniqueness that. You know, might not be covered in other in other places of the country where people are also struggling with the same exact issue. Has there ever been any discussion about going 
you know, beyond, you know, Western Mass and maybe putting new chapters out there? Well, so actually there is a national organization for children's grief. And so there are programs like ours throughout the U.S., which is really important because you're right, nationwide, the loss numbers are so significant. And kids really need to feel as if people are there and can talk about death and dying, which I can imagine some of you might not be so comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Steve and I, it's like second nature Oh, it's like, yeah, no big deal. Let's talk about dead people. That's like party time conversation with you guys. Hey, Bags, let me come over and we'll talk over the coffee table. We're just so happy someone will talk about death and dying. And so we know that's true for kids, too. They I'm, want to save space. I'm looking at your website, and there's a click where people can get involved as a counselor, and there's a, a training program involved for those people. Could, how, how, what is that? Can you explain yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, so we have volunteer facilitators. So they come and they work with groups of kids mm-hmm. to give kids the safe space to be able to talk about their loss. Sure. So it's a peer support thing, and we train the volunteers to come in and be less uncomfortable talking about death mm-hmm. and really be present for the kids to share their experiences. Lots of times kids don't want to tell their surviving parent that they're afraid something's going to happen to them or they are worried that you know something's going wrong at school and they don't want to tell that grown-up because they don't want to upset them. Right. And so they keep it to themselves. But in our place, they can share it. Do you need any special skills to get through that required training program if you wanted to volunteer? Well, that's a great, great question because it's not that you need special skills. It's that you need to be willing to learn to be able to talk about death and dying. Okay. And some people, it's just too uncomfortable. They can't mm-hmm. do it. And they'll start our training and they'll be like, oh, oh not for me. It's yeah. interesting. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for everybody. Yep. You're going to actually find out uh, more information by going to ricksplacema.org to find out how you can donate your time or donate money or even participate in the uh, in the run coming up on the uh, on the 30th. And the best part about all these services is... They're free. It's absolutely free. Nice. Nobody gets charged for anything. And, uh, and I think that is really important, especially people who might be struggling because they've lost an income. Uh, you know, thera- this isn't therapy. Right. It's therapeutic aspects to it. I know we're very careful on how we, we say that, but it does help. And it, it's also an aid to therapy, too. Exactly, it is. It can right? be the place where you can, you can lay things out. Now, we don't go anymore. We don't attend anymore. And that's okay because everybody has their own pace and everybody has their own way of grieving and you, there's no right or wrong answer to how long you can do that. For. And you have your own timeline. And right. we welcome you back. So alumni, feel free to come back and join us on April 30th. And we can talk about death, Bax. You yeah. want to talk about death? <laughs> Sounds uh, All right. yeah, be grieving. Happy. I'll be happy to. Yeah, Absolutely. Again, uh, ricksplacema.org. Therese Ross, uh, best of luck with the run and best of luck with the, with Rick's Place. Thank you for having me in. Thank Absolutely you. appreciate it. It's 857 with Bax, Steve, and Dave and Rock 102. Huge savings all